Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for that excellent encouragement to give and to honour the Lord with our finances, even as God is looking after us. I trust you can all hear me well today. It's great to be here with you, and thank you for joining us. So today's uh, message is coming from Luke's Gospel. I'm going to read you a passage from Luke chapter 4. Here we go. Luke chapter 4, verse 38. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for this time together. And we pray your precious word will speak to our hearts and minds. Amen. Amen. Right. Now, my title today is unashamedly taken from a furniture store advertisement. And when I tell it to you, you'll probably work out who it is. So here's the title today. Is your house a faith and powerhouse? Is your house a faith and powerhouse? We really should have organized a phone-in and a prize for the one who spots it first, but we won't do that. Is your house a faith and powerhouse? You know, great things can happen in our homes. I met an incredibly unusual guy some years ago whose story was this, that after a life of really awful behavior and not um, following God at all, his life fell to pieces. His wife and children separated from him and all his former colleagues were out looking for him because he was in a gang situation, if you like, in a criminal situation. And in the middle of his despair, he just locked himself away at home. Sure, that sounds slightly familiar to us. And after he'd been at home for three days, something incredible happened. As he went through the house into the garage to look at his car for something, He'd been crying out to God, God, please help me. And he had this amazing experience of Jesus in his garage. And the Lord just really spoke to him in such a powerful way. He knew it was God. And he ended up with his giving his life to Jesus, turning away from that life of crime. His wife and children came back to him and they too found the Lord Jesus. And now he's an evangelist and a preacher all over, going all over the world and really speaking to guys in very similar and difficult circumstances that, that he was in. So God can do great things for us even when we're at home. And we may be in lockdown right now and spending much of our time at home and in our houses, but God can still come there. God can still meet us at our home. And today's story is about one of those occasions where God meets somebody in the home in a powerful way through the Lord Jesus. And I want to look at just five simple things from this story that can speak to us today in the situation we're in, because really the message of this story is this, her story can be our story. So the first thing is this I want to speak about is home. The miracle took place in her home. Now, in the books about Jesus' life, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
there are lots of stories where Jesus encounters individuals. And there's about 40 or more of them. And here's the incredible thing. The vast majority of them don't take place in a religious building. They take place either where somebody works or where they're at home. Very few actually take place in the synagogue or the temple. It's nearly always where we live or where we work that God, in the form of his son, Jesus Christ, comes to us and meets us. And that's important for us to realize. Many times people know they need God. They get this sense of my life needs something more in it. I don't know where else to turn. And what do we do in those moments when we need help that we can't bring ourselves? Well, here's a good thing about rescue. I watched a film a few years ago when I was training in mountain leadership on how helicopters come and rescue people. And this film was made by the, the RAF who were doing the mountain rescue things. And the guy that was uh, narrating it from the RAF said this, once we know where you are, stay there. We will come to you. Don't feel you have to get anywhere different and get to us. We will find you where you are and we will come to you. And that's the same principle when God is at work in our lives. God will come to us when we need him to rescue us. Once we cry out to him, say, Lord, help me. He knows where we are and he will come to us. And we don't have to make things any better than they are. We just have to be honest with God about re really where we are with him and where we're not with him. And he will do the rest. So that's the first point here. God will come to where we are. And if we're at home, which is so often where we are these days, God will come to us and meet us at home. And over the years, we've seen God meet people in their home in remarkable ways, including healing, including times when people have even been scheduled to go into hospital and the operations have been canceled because in their very homes, people have been healed by the power of Jesus, just like uh, this woman in our story. So that's the first thing, home. The second point I want to bring out is family. In this case, it was Peter who brought Jesus to his mother-in-law. Family can be a marvelous opportunity where when one person knows about the Lord Jesus, they can open the door to other members of their family. In this case, as we said, it was Peter with his mother-in-law. We went to Israel a few years ago and we saw what they think are the foundations of the houses from that time. And I promise you, they're very small houses. So when you're thinking about being locked down somewhere, remember Peter was locked down with his mother-in-law. That might have been a challenge for him. Of course, it could have been a challenge for his mother-in-law as well. Either way, a small house, a lot of people, that was an interesting situation for them. But Peter had been to the synagogue that morning. He'd seen Jesus preach in an amazing way. He'd witnessed incredible miracle powers, uh, the miracle power of God at work in the synagogue. And his next immediate action was to take that back into his home for his mother-in-law, to say the very same power I've seen at work and experienced in my own life, that can happen for my family member as well. And when God works in our lives, he can open the door through us to other members of our family. In my case, it was my father. Uh, 
from the minute I got saved as a Christian at 18 years old, I began to pray for him. Nine months later, he gave his life to Christ. And five days after that, he passed away. So God can use one family member to open the door for another family member to find him, to find Jesus, to find faith and find the supernatural power of God in their lives. And we can do that for our family members or our household members when we're together with them at home, as of course we are at this time rather a lot. You'll notice, by the way, that Simon Peter's mother-in-law had a high fever. She was sick. And doesn't that speak to us in our situation right now? Potentially across the world, many households could be facing exactly this same situation. Which brings us on to my third point, which is faith. I want to say a little bit here about how Jesus actually dealt with this sickness. Because there's some really good understanding about how to pray as believers with faith for God's miracle to come into the midst of our homes and our families and touch the person who needs God's touch at this time. So it says in the middle of this passage that Jesus rebuked the sickness. Now that's an interesting concept. What does it mean there to rebuke a sickness? The word that's used in the original language means to assess. It means to weigh up a situation. It's a legal term and it's used by uh, people in courts or like law enforcement officers when they're bringing a charge against somebody in those days. We might say, what's the rap sheet? What's, what's this person to blame for? What are we going to charge them with? And from that, it comes to mean to judge or to rebuke or to tell off. But the root of the word is to assess. And it gives us a clue as to what's happening here. Jesus is seeing something in the Holy Spirit. He's looking at the situation. It says he bent over her because she was lying in bed. And he's not just looking at her. He's looking into the realm of the Holy Spirit or the spiritual realms through the eyes of the Spirit. And he's seeing what is happening here. And what he's seeing is this, that this sickness has no right and no place to be in her life. In another healing situation, Jesus refers to a woman who was sick as a, a daughter of Abraham, a woman with faith, one of God's people. And here is Simon Peter's mother-in-law in the same situation. She is a daughter of Abraham. She's one of God's people. And this sickness has no right to be there. And Jesus is weighing that up and he's looking at the sickness and saying, what's this sickness doing here? It shouldn't be here. And that's his basic spiritual insight and understanding. And from that, he's going to pray for this sickness in a particular way. Now, I'd like you to think for a moment back into your life Who's the most scary person you've ever known or come across? Who's sort of telling off would scare you the most? Maybe it's your grandma or your former school teacher or headmaster. Chemistry teacher, right. Somebody in your life, a boss or a figure, has probably been a scary person who's telling off really makes you tremble in your shoes. 
Well, that's what a rebuke or a telling off or a weighing up and a judgment and then a rebuke really feels like uh, in this situation. And it's good for us to understand that. So imagine for a moment, it was your, let's say it was your mum. And you come into the kitchen uh, with your muddy shoes on and your mum is on her knees washing the floor. Now, I would probably suggest to you the conversation doesn't, doesn't go like this. Oh, my dear, um, how interesting you've got mud on your shoes. Um, did you know that the Lord has put me in charge of your life as your parent? I am your God-designated authority. And therefore, with all the rights and privileges of the Bible, I would say to you, my dear son, please do not walk on my floor with those muddy shoes. I've never known a ma'am talk to her child like that when it's a muddy shoe and floor situation. It's probably more like trembling in your boots. It's probably more along the lines of, get off my floor now. There's no explanation, there's no reasoning, because if there is, it sounds like you're not really very confident. Rather, there is a rebuke. It's get off my floor now and clean that mess up after you. It's direct, it's authoritative, and it makes you tremble. And that's the way Jesus is talking here. He's speaking to the sickness and he's speaking to it both physically and spiritually and saying, leave her. You have no right to be here. Go. And he doesn't give a long prayer, I imagine. It's not drawn out with all the verses he knows on healing. It's a command and a rebuke. Get out of her life. Like your mum would say, get off my floor. And that's a really good insight into this realm of faith, the kind of faith we need when we're addressing these situations. And we can pray like Jesus did, and we can speak to these things as we see through the eyes of the Spirit. So be Spirit-led and filled with faith, ready to give an authoritative word to your prayers for God to show up in your family situations, whether it's for sickness or for finance or anything else. See what God is showing you in the spirit and then pray accordingly. And if you need to rebuke it, then rebuke it. Number four, following. So, so far we've had home, family, faith, and now it's following. Do you notice the results of Jesus' prayer with authority? She immediately gets up and she serves Jesus. Do you know, I suppose a lot of people a bit like the 10 lepers we were hearing about a couple of weeks ago. A lot of people could say, oh, thank goodness I feel better now. I just need a few weeks off to myself to get better and really get over this thing. Not so with Peter's mother-in-law. The moment she was healed, she turned back to Jesus. Jesus, you've done this for me. Let me give something back to you. And that was like the one leper who returned when the other nine went off to do whatever they were doing before. That one came back to say thank you. That leper followed, and he was the one that Jesus said, your faith has saved you. And it's the same for Simon's mother-in-law here. He's the one, sorry, she, she's the one who gets up and follows Jesus and serves him straight away. And that's a great example for us. As God moves in our lives, we respond with thankfulness and our willing heart to follow hard after him and serve him in any and every way we can. And then finally, it's friends. When good things happen in your home, 
it doesn't stay there. It gets out. Now, they say bad news travels fast, and I suppose that's true. But I tell you this, when good things happen in your family, good news travels fast as well. When God does good things in your family, the news will get out. And that's what happened here. Now, the town they're living in is probably only 80 or 90 houses. But without internet, without telephones, without social media or anything else, by the end of the afternoon, the whole town has heard about it. And it says they bring the sick, all who were sick. Everybody thought this was so amazing, so wonderful what had happened in Simon Peter's house. They wanted that to happen to them as well. So rather than invite Jesus, they just invited themselves into Simon Peter's house. It must have been a very crowded situation with all those people trying to get in for people to be prayed for. But the good news was out. Jesus can do great things at home. Jesus can do great things in your family's life. And here they are with their needs. And when God is at work in our families, through even just one member of our family or our household, good things happen. And those good things get reported around. And people want hope. Especially at this time, people want something to hope in and someone to hope in. They want something that will really give their lives purpose, meaning, hope for the future. And this is what they found here. Coming to Jesus, receiving his power, gave them hope where they never had hope before. And when God works in us, that spills over into others as well. So there are our five things. Home, family, faith, following, and friends. In these times of lockdown in our homes, we can have faith. We can have faith for Jesus' presence to come to our homes. We can have faith for Jesus' power to be at work in our homes supernaturally. And we can have faith for Jesus' proof of who he is to reach out from us to others. So I want to finish with the same statement I started out with. Is your house a faith and powerhouse? And I'd like to pray for us all now. And if you know you need God to move in your house and your home supernaturally, then I'm going to invite you to really join with this prayer with me now. And here's some of the ways God can move. Sickness in the home, we know some of you are unwell right now. And as I'm praying, I'm going to be thinking especially of you and asking that God will reach out his hand like he did in the story last week, even at a distance, to touch the person in your family who is unwell. And if you've got somebody unwell in your family, see if you can get near them and lay hands on them while we're praying right now. And if it's anything else, if it's hope that you need and you've never believed in Jesus, then believing in him today can give you hope. And afterwards, we'd like to hear from you on our email. If you'd like to respond to us in that way, it'd be wonderful. We had somebody do that last week and it was awesome. So thank you to that person. We trust you're here again today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. At this time, there is hope. There is hope for every one of us in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You do great things in our homes. 
And Lord, I pray now for the miracle, supernatural power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit to be powerfully present and at work in our homes now. Lord, I speak to sickness now. You've no right to be there. Be gone in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak to anxieties and fears and worries now. Go in the name of Jesus. Let peace come in its place. Lord, I speak to financial problems and struggles. Be released in Jesus' name. The provision of God into your lives through the Holy Spirit and the power of the risen Lord Jesus. Lord, I speak to families that are struggling at this time in their relationships with each other. Relationships be healed in Jesus' name. Strife, anxiety, frictions be gone in Jesus' name. Let peace through Jesus' blood rule and reign in our homes right now. Amen. Amen. And I want to just pray one more thing. And this is a prayer you can join me in. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, this is a simple prayer now to do that. And if you want to ask him and you're sincere and you mean it, the Bible says he will come into your life right now. And if you do this for the very first time, please write to us and tell us on our email. Please pray after me. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Come into my home. Come into my home. Come into my life. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me. Forgive me. And cleanse me. And cleanse me. Through your death on the cross. Through your death on the cross. I give my life to you. I give my life to you. To serve you. To serve you. To follow you. To follow you. Amen. 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 Thank you. And if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, please write to us and let us know. We'd love to talk to you about that some more. God bless you.